1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy.
2: Fall Guy.
0: Fall Guy. the poster
2: said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because
0: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
1: now.
2: What are you into? Talking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. History isn't the point of The Woman King. The Viola Davis-fronted movie about a tribe of female Amazon warriors message is, the movie is on message, men are evil, women should rule. Hollywood is preaching that message over and over again. You can see it in the HBO show, House of the Dragon. You could see it in the Black Panther, the movie that really inspired the woman king, which is an ode to black grandma magic. China wants American men emasculated. It's using Hollywood to achieve that goal. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Friday. We made it through another week. Oh, it is awesome. Uh, I think I'm going to Kings Island this weekend, uh, me and my nephew and brother. Uh, So I'm looking forward to a great weekend uh, with family and riding roller coasters. Uh, But before I do that, I'm going to take you guys on a roller coaster ride, a fun roller coaster ride today on this Friday edition of Fearless. Delano Squires, Shamika Michelle will be here. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the movie I saw last night and that Shamika and uh, Delano saw as well, The Meemaw King. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Woman King. I call it Meemaw because Viola Davis is damn near 60 years old and she's the star and she's beating up men and All this, but the other thing, before I get to that, and I got a fire that I'm going to start as it relates to black grandma magic and the woman King. Give me a few minutes just to talk a little bit about uh, the Thursday night football game. Uh, I want to get this taken before I start this fire and Shamika and Delano and I talk about the woman King. Uh, I want to talk about Amazon's debut of Thursday night football. that featured Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit and the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And and there's basically one main point that I wanted to make and it's important that I make this point because it, it highlights why you and all your friends and everybody you know should be watching this show and why you can't rely on corporate mainstream media. No dis- I thought Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit did a great job. I enjoyed the Amazon broadcast. It was terrific. I'm basically talking about the rest of the media, the people that you count on to analyze sports for you and to tell you what's really going on. There's a reason why you should be watching this show because I can make you smarter than all of your friends. Because I will talk about the things, it's not that I'm brilliant, but I'll just talk about the things everybody else in the media isn't authorized to talk about. Their, their handlers won't allow them to talk about. And something very, very interesting happened last night during that Chargers-Chiefs game. Something very important happened. Because I've said this for years, the NFL, the NBA, all these live sports, all they are are TV shows. They're no different than whatever your favorite TV show is right now. If it's House of the Dragons, if it's uh, reruns of The Cosby Show or Martin Lawrence, that's all the NFL is. And you know what they do on TV shows? They write people and characters in and out of the script. And we saw that last night. No one else is going to tell you this. Eric Bienemy the alleged offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been written out of the script. If you watched that game last night, and I I watched every drop of it except for the first four minutes. Maybe it was talked about in the first four minutes, and I missed it. Because, again, I was at the woman king, had to come home, get settled, and then watch uh, the Amazon, and I missed the first four minutes of the game. And so maybe it was discussed. But I don't think it was, and if it was, it wasn't discussed the way it used to be. Eric Biennemi, the alleged offensive coordinator, he's been written out of the script. All, the whole Andy Reid and the Chiefs trying to promote Eric Biennemi as the, ne- the next great coaching legend, the heir to Tony Dungy's throne, the heir to Vince Lombardi's throne uh, last night, they weren't talking about Eric Biennemi. They weren't showing. They weren't flashing to the sidelines, showing Eric Bieniemy pretending to call plays. Everything last night was about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid calling plays and running that team. Everything. Eric Bieniemy has been de-emphasized because they're done with it. They couldn't pawn him off on another organization like they've tried the last three years and so they've written him out of the script. All of that is controlled by the NFL teams. Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, they get to tell, they get to green light whoever on their staff they want the television networks to talk about and focus in on, and so for the last two or three years, the Chiefs were having a concerted effort to try to promote Eric Reid, um, uh, Eric Biennemi, up off their staff and get someone to uh, take him on as a head coach. It's a very clever way of firing people. CNN, again, this is how TV works. We just saw it with CNN. Not with a promotion, but with a demotion. Don Lemon, CNN, wants him up off their air. They just took him off his primetime TV show and demoted him to a morning show, New Day. He and two other women, uh, two other women, (laughs) Don Don Lemon and two women, not other women, are going to be hosting a morning show on CNN. They uh, They want Don Lemon to quit at CNN. They're saddled with his contract, and so they don't want to fire him and have to pay him off and eat all that money. And so they've put him in hospice on their morning show until he quits. He's been demoted and de-emphasized and written out of their prime time uh, script until he quits. That's the end game here. Either his contract will run out and they'll just be oh, we couldn't renew a contract with him. Or Don Lemon, out of pride, will take 65% of the money left on his contract to walk away because that's what CNN wants. They're writing Don Lemon out of the script at CNN. No different than the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL are writing Eric Bieniemy out of the script and that's why he was not discussed last night. He's been de-emphasized. They couldn't pawn him off. This whole, all the media that has spent all these years, oh Eric Bieniemy, he deserves a head coaching job. He's the greatest head, The great, he's getting screwed over because he's black and if the NFL wasn't racist, they've been selling that nonsense forever. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans Hired Lovey Smith off the scrap heap, uh, hired Dave Culley, uh, a 40 year NFL assistant. The, the NFL has no problem hiring black head coaches. I don't care what you hear on TV, how racist they are, and all. That race isn't the issue. We've talked about it on this show, I've talked about it in writing. Culture is the issue. You, start, you plug all of these men into this emasculated victimhood culture that has been pushed on black people. You don't produce leaders that way. And that's why black men are struggling to get NFL head coaching jobs, because they've been forced into a culture that does not prepare them for leadership. That's Eric Bannemi's problem. And that, I wanted to get that off my chest because it's connected to the conversation we're going to have about the woman king. Black people are living in a matriarchal culture here in America. A matriarchal culture does not produce high-quality black male leadership. Period. End of story. And either we can deal with that fact and correct it, Or we can continue to be cowards and whine and cry and call everybody racist and and say, oh, it's the white man's fault for X, Y, and Z. It's our fault for maintaining and buying into a matriarchal culture. You eventually, this is what, again, they won't tell you this, but if you stay on your knees and continue to be a beta male and a coward, eventually you're gonna get written out of the script. That's what happened to Eric Benamy. Life knocked on his door and said, Eric, we did the best we could. We tried to sell you for three years. We got all the media running around saying you're the greatest coach in the world. You get in these interview rooms and people figure it out. You're not built for leadership. And they won't give you the job. So Eric, you know what? They they literally tried to get rid of him this offseason. Remember, go read the stories. There was this whole deal. Are they going to bring him back? And they ended up signing him to another one-year deal. Now they're done. They've given him all the welfare that they could give him. No one would buy the fake product. Written him out of the script. Now let me take care of a little business before uh, I light this fire about the woman king. Uh, Bank on yourself. Do you really control your retirement money? If you've got a 401k or an IRA or similar retirement plan, The government actually controls it. They decide how much you can borrow and when you must pay it back. You will also owe taxes and penalties for taking money out too soon, even though it's your money. Thanks to our skyrocketing national debt, who knows how much you'll have to pay in taxes during a retirement that could last 30 years. Thankfully, bank on yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. This retirement plan alternative has never had a losing year in over 160 years. No volatility. Your plan doesn't go backwards when the market tumbles and the market is tumbling. I'm watching it every day. This week, last week, the week before, Joe Biden is killing us. That's why you need to be out here banking on yourself. Your principal and growth are locked in. You have control of your money without government penalties or restrictions on how much income you can take or when you can take it. Perhaps the best reason of all, you'll get the peace of mind because you'll know the minimum guaranteed value of your plan on the day You plan to tap into it and at every point along the way, you can get a free report with all the details of how adding bank on yourself to your financial plan can help you take back control of your money. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash fearless. That's bankonyourself.com slash fearless. Be a good fearless soldier. Bank on yourself. Take control of your money and destiny. Don't, look, I'm sitting out here like everybody else, watching the stock market tumble, and looking at people's 401K, looking at our retirement, go to bank on yourself. That's what fearless soldiers do. Uh, all right, let us know your feedback at fearlessattheblaze.com. My fire starter and Shanika Michelle. Thanks. Hollywood has abandoned new ideas in favor of prequels that repackage and reinforce China-approved themes. It's a technique employed by ministers and coaches. Effective leaders find new and compelling ways to say the same thing day after day. A Christian minister uses the Bible's 66 books and 31,000 verses to convey a simple message. We need Jesus. Right now, Hollywood is hyper-focused on a simple message selling a different savior, woman. The Viola Davis-fronted The Woman King purports to be a based-on-true-events drama about a group of amazing female warriors in Africa. The truth is, The Woman King is the first prequel to the Black Panther superhero fantasy. Panther sold its woman is savior message subtly. The blockbuster let unsuspecting moviegoers leave theaters believing T'Challa was the hero. The reality is, T'Challa did exactly what his mother, sister, and a group of amazing female warriors told him to do. T'Challa was a robot, a system quarterback programmed by a female coaching staff. The prequel, The Woman King, is far less subtle. 57-year-old Viola Davis is Dahomey Africa's Black Panther. After watching the movie Thursday, I wanted to hashtag Black Grandma Magic. Why not call it the Meemaw King? That's the point. The matriarch is the ruler of the patriarch. General Naneska, the fictional leader Davis played, is an 1823 version of 52 year old Queen Latifah's The Equalizer. General Naniska is wiser, braver, and more charismatic than Dahomey's king, Gazos, played by 30-year-old actor John Boyega. Casting Davis opposite Boyega is not an accident. It's a message that young black men should submit to and serve their mothers. It's a wildly popular message. The same message was in The Black Panther, a movie that grossed more than $1.3 billion worldwide. That's why I consider The Woman King a prequel. Hollywood is hoping to ride the emasculated black man narrative to box office glory. It worked in the Black Panther. The Meemaw King is doubling down on the narrative. King Gezo's top servant is a gay man who makes RuPaul look masculine. General Naniska and her troops outsmart and trounce their male rivals. Factual history tells a much different story than the fantasy spun in The Woman King. In the movie, General Niska convinces King Gesos to abandon the slave trade, and the female warriors thwart the white colonizers. It's all fantasy. The French routed the Amazon warriors, and the British forced a homie to give up the slave trade in the 1850s. History isn't the point of The Woman King. Message is. The movie is on message. Men are evil. Men raped and tortured Aniska when she was young. The father of teenage warrior Nawi gave her away to the king when she rejected an older abusive husband. The climactic point of the movie is that women should rule. After an all-female post-war circle twerk, King Gesos named Nisca a king to rule alongside him. Hollywood is preaching that message over and over and over again. A month ago, HBO launched its Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. The dragon pretends to be the backstory of the Targaryen family. It's really the backstory of Arya Stark, the female child who who would grow up to slay the Wicked Night King in Game of Thrones. Arya wanted to be a boy and go off to war. The patriarchy wouldn't allow it. Rhaenyra Targaryen, the star of the House of the Dragon, wants to be a boy and go off and fight in wars. The patriarchy won't allow it. The point is, girls would be boys if not for sexism, and sexism is ruining the world. The truth is, the world needs better men, not women pretending to be men. All art emanating from Hollywood has a secular, anti-male theme. It rejects a Christian worldview. The woman king is a farce. It's satanic propaganda promoting the worship of women. It's not remotely subtle in its messaging. In the post movie credits, during an extra scene, the Amazon warrior Amenza shouts out Brianna Taylor in a ritual celebrating warriors killed in 1823. Can't you see, Brianna Taylor, the woman killed in a shootout with Louisville police? is an extension of the African warriors who captured and sold her ancestors into slavery. Yeah, the people who sold black people into slavery are the real heroes. Anyone who disagrees is misogynist and a racist. That's my fire. That's my review of The Woman King. Before I bring Shamika into the conversation, I wanna talk about my friends at Preborn. This is not a commercial. This is not another endorsement. This is life or death here at The Blaze. We're building a village of Blaze babies with a goal of rescuing 50,000 babies from abortion. Let me tell you a little bit about Preborn and how they have rescued over 188,000 babies' lives. When a woman, under pressure to abort her baby, meets that baby and hears the precious heartbeat, it's an absolute game changer because 80% of the time she will choose life. Preborn clinics are located in the highest abortion areas in the country, standing strong for mothers in crisis and introducing them to the beautiful life growing inside of them. Would you join us and me in rescuing preborn babies? It's one of the most important things we can do, helping to preserve these precious lives. One, a single ultrasound is just $28, or you can sponsor five ultrasounds for $140 and save five babies' lives. All gifts are tax deductible. To donate securely, call pound 250 and say the word baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby, or you can go to preborn.com, as you saw me do this week, preborn.com slash fearless, give us the credit for it with the fearless army, preborn.com slash fearless fearless, and we can start saving babies' lives. Guys, you saw me do it earlier this week. I'll do it again next week. If I have to, I need to inspire you to help me and us save babies. All right. uh, Let's roll out to North Carolina. I had Shamika and Delano uh, go watch uh, The Woman King. Uh, we all set through this torture uh, <laughs> yesterday. It premiered on Thursday. I'm sure tonight will be a big night. All of Hollywood, all the messaging. I'm come home, watch NFL football on Amazon last night. I'm seeing commercials. They got some Washington Commanders football coach Jennifer King. She's in a commercial promoting her football coaching and the movie. And she's the woman king. This movie is everywhere. And this movie is a joke uh, and a disgrace to me. Uh, but, Shamika, I don't want to put my thoughts into your head. Uh, you you saw the woman king uh, yesterday as well. What did you think?
0: Jason, from the very first, ooh, I started laughing because I knew I was in for some foolishness. <laughs> now, there were a couple of things that I liked about the movie, but there's so many things that I didn't like. Starting with the way they romanticized Africa, they romanticized these women who would have been a part of the military, and it just wasn't real. From them dressing exactly alike, to breaking out and dance together like they were Oaktown 357. Just in see <laughs> it was just too much for me. It, it it just didn't appear real. And so that was something that I didn't like. I've seen people say they like the cinematography. I didn't. I was thinking, where are the flies? <laughs> it's just it just <laughs> was too perfect, you know, and and so I didn't like the fact that they're pushing this movie as based on a true story. I think I would be more kind hearted if they said inspired. By a true story, you know something, so that people would know that it it has been it, it's false, it's fiction, and they've added a lot of sprinkle and sugar to something that's just not true.
1: I argue that uh, the Black Panther was actually more accurate and realistic uh, than this movie, and obviously, the Black Panther's a work of fiction. Uh, You said something, though, interesting that uh, I hadn't heard you say in our discussion earlier today. There were things you liked about the movie. Uh, In the the interest of fairness, uh, please expound
0: so as a mom i went to the movie with my oldest daughter i like the whole fantasy fiction part of the mother-daughter relationship fighting for each other and you know making sure they came back there was a part when uh the, the Meemaw King, as you said, was getting whipped. And my daughter was like, where's her daughter? So, you know, it just like she expected the daughter to come in and, and rescue the mother. And so that part, the whole fantasy fiction part of that was just fun. So I like that aspect of it. And I also like that they confirmed what we say on this show a lot, which I think will go unnoticed, that when you choose as a woman to step into a masculine role, you have to deny your very nature. Now, there was one part where the little young warrior was asking, like, why can't we be involved with men? And the one, the older warrior was saying, you know, when you fall in love, it makes you weak. And even just the feelings that she had for the, you, I think when we talked, you call him uh, Colin Kaepernick. He looked like El DeBarge yeah, to me. You know, I was waiting for him <laughs> to just break out and say, When it feels like the world is on your shoulders. But the way she had affection for him and it was like she wanted to be with him and how she had to deny those feelings to just walk away and know that she could never be with him, I was like, See, you know, that's what we talk about. You have to deny your very nature as a woman when you step into these masculine roles.
1: You know, you, you mentioned the Colin Kaepernick character, I'm the African, the Uh I think his mother was was black and his okay. father was white. And that, that was just one of the things that was just like, oh, here we go uh why why are we forcing this into it and, and then he's all swole up like he just got out of prison or just left 24hour fitness and and somehow he's the only the the African Dahomian is the only honorable man in the movie that's Correct. what pissed me off and again just I think everybody knows I'm clear on this no problem with interracial dating, interracial babies, any of that, but for the grace of God, or, you know, there go I. Don't have a problem with it. But damn it, uh, that's not who I am, and they keep trying to portray as if, like, black parents, two black parents can't produce uh, kids, and or young people, or young adult, male adults, that... Uh, or honorable and courageous or whatever. And so it just, it just irritated me. We don't, they all in Africa with all these black people and the only honorable one they can find is a African Dahomian that grew up outside of Africa. It was offensive to me that the, the Kaepernick character offended me.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe they called Tyler Perry because that's what he does in all of his movies. So I think they reached out like, hey, Tyler, how do we make this OK? And he said, well, you got to have a light, bright, almost white to come in and save the day. When you look at a lot of his movies, that's exactly what what he portrays all the time. And so it was just so much, Jason, you uh I think you mentioned maybe in your opening how they had um, this this transgender or whatever. RuPaul. The very-
1: RuPaul. Yes. Yeah, they had RuPaul. They had a drag queen in, in 1823,
0: and and it was so apparent. It wasn't even like it was somebody who you were thinking could they be maybe you know like how tevin campbell recently came out and said you know he was he was gay so many people acted shocked but then there were those of us that said this isn't news tevin we knew this but with this person it was so obvious that he was the king's right hand man but he, didn't, he wasn't masculine. It was crazy, and the king to me looked like a young Tito. When, uh, you know, when Cedric the Entertainer used to pick on Luther Vandross and said his curl just didn't curl quite right, I was trying to figure out what is going on with this man's hair, because it just didn't curl quite right. It was just so much that was wrong with this movie. It was almost like a comedy, because they went to the extremes um, and those people that have common sense will see right through it. It was it was funny to me.
1: I, I'll say this about the cinematography. Uh, I don't know if anybody broke a sweat. They did a lot of fighting, uh, a lot of running around Africa, and no one broke a sweat. Uh, the right. cardio over in Africa in the 1820s or the air conditioning was uh, top rate. <laughs> but yes. but the, the other you know you had the RuPaul deal you, you, you had the Colin Kaepernick deal I, the other thing I just couldn't get my mind wrapped around is just like Viola Davis and and maybe they're casting her as if she's 45 or 40 in the movie but I'm sorry that's a 57 year old woman and at no point was I not thinking this is a 57-year-old woman that's running around Africa beating up men, big old swollen up men. And I'm just, I'm just not buying this. I mean, that 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 scene, that's what the comedy was to me. I'm like, this old woman running through Africa, and and then there was a couple, it looked like they didn't focus long, but I don't know if you caught it. It looked like Lizzo was part of this army as well. Uh, I, saw, I saw some woman with some big old calves, wasn't very tall, and I'm like, Lizzo's out here. She's part of the, what do they call them, the Ojoji or whatever? I'm like, they really wild with it. I mean, what these women can do, I guess, in the 1820s, I, I, you know, I know some 57-year-old women. I'm 55. Uh, They're not out. And, and maybe that just speaks to how out of shape we are, but I just don't know. They weren't around. Uh, it, it looked like it was a fantasy movie more than it was reality.
0: That's exactly what it was fantasy. And that's why I said, if they had said inspired by, I would be okay. Because what they didn't show, and from what I've learned about these women, is that they would go into villages, villages that were unexpecting them, and they would go through and kill, like the elderly, grab the adults and the children and sell them into slavery. None of that was in the movie. And so they portray them as if they're this saviors trying to ward off slavery and the colonizers instead of putting in there that they were actually a part of the slave trade. And they would sneak up on these uh, unsuspecting villagers and pillage the village and actually were were seen as evil people. So the fact that they just romanticized this and made women want to feel like, oh, I'll give up marriage and having children so that I can be strong and powerful and rich, it was ridiculous. And I I, I I'm glad I can tell my children it's a lie, but we're gonna see a lot of people running around just like they did with Black Panther, you know, going in with their uh, dashikis and their head wraps and thinking this is just a real thing. And it's, it's crazy. I thought it was bad, Jason, but it was funny. And I would probably watch it again just for a good laugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just took me to a place I, I hadn't gone to, but really what this was and really like in reality, these Amazon warriors are the same people that are looting and rioting in their own cities, burning down their own cities, terrorizing their own community. They're Black Lives Matter rioters. That's what they were. They were going around Africa looting and rioting and capturing and enslaving people, and we've now turned them into heroes, and so, we're, already, we're doing it in real time, but 100 years from now, they will say the people that burned down uh, New York or uh, uh, Louisville or uh, Kenosha or I- any of these, mi- Minneapolis, yeah, th- they'll make a movie about the Amazon warriors of Minneapolis that were trying to save black people uh, after the tragic death of George Floyd uh, they'll make them the heroes and 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 Shamika I don't know if you you caught this but Delano called me uh last night after he after he watched it and was like hey did you catch the shout out to Brianna Taylor in the credits did, 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 so no did he, <laughs>
0: No, as soon as it went off, I was out of there, I had I had to leave right away. And so I called my daughter said, you missed just a little bit, but it wasn't much. And so I asked her like, what happened at the end? And she said that they gathered all the swords of those that had died, and they were praying over them or pouring something over over the swords and saying that they would always be with them, their spirit would always be with them. And they started calling out out the names, and I asked, you know, what names did they call out? And she said, Girl, I don't know how to pronounce all of those names. And I said, Well, did you hear Brianna? And she said, No, because she was just trying to figure out the concept of what they were doing. She missed that part totally. So I all will
1: right, have on to on a watch serious the end note. Yeah, on a serious note, I, I want to end on this discussion point because I think this is where the movie took me is obviously it's a celebration of the matriarchy female leadership i thought the end where you know viola davis 57 year old meemaw gets named king to sit alongside and rule alongside the 30 year old king uh was a message of black men celebrate venerate elevate worship your mother worship the matriarchy and share rulership and power with them, and let them guide you. Because the king, the man, had a bunch of bad ideas. And here was uh, ma Viola Davis. Let's end slavery, and and let's let's sell this uh, Shea butter cream lotion. It's gonna be a hit uh, all over the world. <laughs> I don't know what that palm oil was, but I'm thinking it's some kind of shea butter. And I like shea butter. Uh, (laughs) But that was the message, and it makes me think about just the improper relationship between black men and their mothers. That's what struck me about this movie. I wanted your
0: thoughts. Jason, you're absolutely right. And if you notice, the uh, Viola, the general or whatever, she had this kind of angst. Her and the wife, one of the wives, didn't get along. It's like they were jealous of each other. The wife thought that Viola got paid, you know, too much attention to. Why did he favor her? And so they had this cattiness and this jealousy, just like we have a lot of husbands now because they let their moms kind of be in charge or rule, and then they have this. Uh, jealousy with the wife and they don't they don't get along. It was like they promoted that even in the movie and acted as if it was okay. And one of the things that kind of surprises me about me and Jason is that so many men have been kinda effeminized by their mothers, that they get angry when you even look to them and say, you're capable, you're able to lead. We think you're the ones that should be in charge. They're so uh, indebted to their mothers, they don't even wanna take the lead. They don't even wanna be in charge, and they get offended when you say anything about a woman not being in charge because this is what they're used to. This is what they've been taught is the right way. And it's it's amazing to me that because of how society has been for like the last 50 or 60 years, men voluntarily now let women lead them. They, it's like there is no struggle, there's no fight. You hear even men now saying women are the backbone. Where? We're the only group of people that have said women are the backbone of the community. We're the only group of people that act as if men are not valuable, men shouldn't be in charge. It's all the woman, the woman, the woman. No other group of people does this, but we do it. And we will readily say women are the backbone. That's foolish. But not only is it foolish for us as women to think that, it's crazy now that you have so many men buying into it. Like when you see this whole men for Stacey Abrams, what has she offered you all? Why is it that you're willing to bow down and worship this woman who doesn't even have a solid plan to build you up as black men in the community? Where is this coming from except that their mothers taught them, I can't say well, but taught them effectively that Put your nuts on the chopping block. We don't need you to be masculine. We don't need you to be in charge. We don't need you running things that now so many men are just easily bowing to it. Just like when you saw uh, in the woman king when she defied the king and went out and did what she wanted to do even after he told her, no, you will not go after these other warriors that were captured. She did it anyway and then came back and was honored in her disobedience so this is this is what happens in real life so it was so much played out in this so much that can be broken down that you have to go into it with the eyes of knowing this is propaganda and this is exactly what they're uh pushing on our community
1: the the thing that i left there sad and I, my theater was mostly empty and there were maybe six ten of us in the theater but I think a lot of people are going to go see this this weekend. And the whole thing is going to go right over their head, and they're going to see it. Great movie, inspirational. This is what we need to be. It's going to confirm in their mind turnover leadership to Stacey Abrams, Keisha Lance Bottom. You know, the, the, the whole scene at the end, the way I see a lot of people interpreting when she went and sat on the throne next to him, and he's sitting there. I'm the, the thing. I, I was like, in most people mind, they go, "That's Barack and Michelle." Mm. Oh my God, that's that's the I Barack and Michelle. That's what you got there. And I I, I I'm t- I'm trying to avoid the cynicism and skepticism, but I'm just like, I don't can can our culture? This culture is so matriarchal. Can it be fixed? Is there? you know, because again, I just keep asking like, okay, if you're the backbone and your leadership is so great and, and you're the, let's go to the scoreboard. Mm. Let, 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 and, and particularly for black men, go to the scoreboard. We are getting destroyed in every category, falling huh? further and further behind financially, educational wise, uh, leadership positions and corporate positions, the, the black heterosexual man is falling farther and farther behind, what are your rewards for hopping on board with the matriarchy? I guess it's peace at home with your woman, because if you don't, she's going to put you in the spare bedroom or out on the couch, I guess. And so there's some instant gratification, I guess, for hopping on board. But when I look at the rest of the scoreboard, we're getting wiped out.
0: Yes, and it may be some instant gratification, but I talk to a lot of men that are miserable and they aren't happy, you know, with life, but they also don't understand part of your unhappiness is because you have bowed to the matriarchy. You have bowed and kind of given away what's innately in you. I think men, just as I feel like women are are, are natural nurturers, I feel like men are born leaders. They're born protectors. They're supposed to, you know, rise up and make sure things get done. But we've kind of taken that away from them that they don't even realize why they're so unhappy, why they're losing in life, why they're miserable. And I think a lot of that is because they've denied the very nature in them to lead and be the leaders and be the providers of the family. And so many of them are miserable, but they don't realize that it's because you're not being natural. You're not being the person that God created you to be. So I wonder, yes, can we get back to it when they won't even accept what the problem is. It's almost like when we were talking earlier this week about how we can see that the culture is declining, but nobody wants to talk about the fact that kids are acting up, uh, you know, Talk about the crime in the black community and how it's black people always fighting other black people or fighting Asians or, you know, doing this. We don't want to talk about the hard things. And so until men actually grasp the fact of who they were created to be. It's, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be a change because they're going to continue to uh, let women lead, and we're just going to continue going down a dark road. I think there are those of us that see the issues, but you know, a lot of times we're looked at as crazy, you know, and it's not even. It's not a bad thing. Like so many times you'll say, well, maybe I'm just a misogynist or maybe I'm sexist. I don't even see that from you. One of the things that I loved when I first came to work for you uh, was you saying that you were a benevolent dictator. I think that's a good thing. Personally, you, you know, and you've given me a platform to speak. You're always kind, but you have things. That you want done and you want them a certain way. That's what a man should do. That's a leader. And so, I appreciate that, and I wish more men would kind of grab hold to that. We're not telling men to go out here and be, um, you know, evil rulers and beat women and be controlling. And you know, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying take your rightful place and be who God created you to be. And the same for women.
1: Thank you, Shamika. Great job. Sorry I put you through that two hours last night of the woman king, uh, but (laughs) led to a good discussion. Uh, All right, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock, hit notifications, hit subscribe, leave me a comment, Delano Squires, All right, welcome back. Uh, perfect way to end a Friday show uh, with the smartest man on the show, Delano Squires, and talking about uh, the movie that uh, Shamika and I just uh, finished talking about, but. Uh, last night, or yesterday, or at some point, maybe the day before, I I reached out to Delano. I said, "Hey, man, can you go watch the Woman King on Thursday? Because uh, we want to talk about it. I want to get I want to get your take on it. So uh, we're going to invite Delano into the conversation, and we'll start here, Delano. I'm calling the movie the Mema King, and an <laughs> old to black grandma, black grandma magic was on full display last night. I I, I I really believe that the the message uh, to this movie was to all men, but to black men in general, submit, bow down, worship uh, your black mother, uh, serve her, empower her, elevate her, uh, submit to her will. And Mm. I just don't think that's the right message uh, for black men or men in general.
2: I agree, Jason. That, um, the, the gender dynamics in this film are impossible to miss. And, and for me, I, I read it as, you know, this is the, the 2024 um, campaign slogan for Kamala Harris, right? This is, this is where the Democratic Party wants to go as it relates to our country, and particularly as it relates to the black community. It's this, the woman king is the, the brainchild of white Hollywood liberals and the activist BLM black mar- Marxist types. Because all women, women exert full you know power and control. Um, the men are literally emasculated, castrated. Um, the, the, the male figure, the king, has r- no real rule or authority, right? He, he even elevates his general after she disobeys his order. Um, and, and all of it is just, it, it paints the picture of, of men, and particularly in this case, you know, in this context, b- black men as evil and rapacious and sinful and oppressive, and women as um, strong and aggressive and protective and righteous. And it, it follows with the Hollywood theme, and, and it's to the point now where in Hollywood, whether on the big screen or on the small screen, if you're a woman who dies in childbirth... That is a function of of the patriarchy, and it shows how oppressed you are. But if you die in battle, then you are valorized and glorified as a as a brave warrior queen. Um, and, and Jason, th- this whole thing, to me, was a psyop from from Go. And and I actually took down a couple of notes. It was a Magic Johnson theater, so you know that type of thing. Having your phone on is not um, um, to be unexpected. So I took down a couple of notes. Here's a couple of lines that I that I picked up. Right at one point, and I didn't say who said what, but this was in, in the movie. Um, at one point, someone, the the women who were taken captive said, we're not going to hold you accountable for the sins of your husband. At one point, one character said, I do not want, uh, I think this is the protagonist, I do not want a husband, I want to be a warrior. Um, they They said, you are the strongest warriors in Africa. Right? They said, I think Viola Davis's character said, someone asked her, you have never loved, and she said, I am Magano, you can't have both. So a, a lot of it was to say, oh, and one last one, beyond this, beyond this wall, this is a place of women. This was after they said that the only men allowed to live back there were eunuchs, right? So guys literally castrated the Billy Porter character who was sashaying around in his nightgown, um, who was a eunuch, they could have just had him with a high voice, but, <laughs> you know, they they chose to make him transgender, so th- this this was a complete propaganda job from from the word go. I call it woke canda,
1: uh, <laughs> and, and again, I, it, it's it's a prequel of the Black Panther. Uh, allegedly, this is mm. based on a true story. It's a historical movie that's supposed to glamorize these Amazon. You know. And it can't be historical because if they told the truth, you know, these Amazon warriors got wiped out by the French and the Dahomey tribe or kingdom or whatever was fueled by capturing and selling black slaves and using black slaves. That's what I love. They they all act like, oh, we just captured and sold the slaves to white people as if slaves weren't used in Africa as well. They sold right. some of them, but they also used some of them. And so it, it, it's, it's not a historical movie, it's a fantasy movie, and I almost wish if they were going, not almost, I wish that they were gonna make this movie, just call it what it is, it's a fantasy. It's the wet dream of the left, and just call it that rather than, but, but I don't think they believe the message won't be as strong if if we portray it as a fantasy, as opposed to right. convincing people, yeah, this is the way things were. I mean, women were meant to rule and they were these great warriors. They were beating up these big, strong black, because black, that was the other thing about it. I went into the movie expecting to see most of the conflict between black Africans and the white colonizers. Mm. But really, this was a war between black men and black women Mm. Which is on message and authentic, because that is what's going on. Uh, but I just found it hysterical that they chose a fifty seven year old actress, fifty seven year old Viola day. She's out conquering uh, the world, and her thirty this thirty year old king that they the actor that played the king is thirty years old. And to me, it was just a clear mother-son mm. uh, matriarchy relationship being portrayed, and and that, and you and I talked. And message is far
2: more important in this movie than anything else. Yeah, correct. This this movie is more Red Tails than Saving Private Ryan, right? So this is not going to be confused for some once-in-a-lifetime epic about you know the Dahomey the Kingdom. So this in terms of the cinematography, it's, I mean, it's average at best. But, but to your point, it's, it's about the message. And that message, as you said, in terms of black women largely fighting black men, is on brand. And, and honestly, I think back even to the movie Harriet, I was talking about Harriet Tubman. The, the main antagonist was not white slavers. It was, I think the, the, the guy's name in the movie was like Bigger Fellow or bigger long or something like that, who was a black slave catcher. That she had to fight off and I think eventually kill. So, the, these these movies are are made for a particular purpose. They take a little a little grain of history. The homie was a real tribe, right? The the were, were were real imperial guards women, and then they they put in a whole lot of, you know, their their own sort of social and and, and cultural values, and then they mix it up and they know, and and I'm I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna offend some people but they know that the largely b- black audiences who go to these movie premieres in full dashiki, right? And all the, the garb, <laughs> they did it for Black Panther. They, they know that we, many of us, not all of us, are low information viewers. So I'm, in, in this movie, people paper over, they, they I, like I read part of the review on The Root written by the type of guy who would have been invited to live behind the, the doors um, of the palace, and it's one of these things where he said, like, "Oh wow, these women are so powerful." Whatever, whatever. Nothing about the historical inaccuracies, the lies. This is not. This is not the great debaters, where it's. The college that, the, that the, the black students debated was actually USC, I believe, in real life, and they made it Harvard for, for dramatic effect. This is saying that the homie were against slavery when they actually were for slavery, and it was the British that tried to get them to stop um, the slave trade. But they know that we're such low-information viewers that if you sprinkle a little you know, black girl magic on here, right, strong black female lead, we won't even think about all the other stuff. And they did the same thing with the Black Panther. The Black Panther had uh, Trump's America first foreign policy. He said, if you invite these people into the country, they're going to bring their problems. So so even though it had all the, the colors and the garb and the ancestor worship and all the other stuff, most of the black folk that I know who went to see that movie didn't even catch that part of it. And even to the end of the movie, not a single black American or African from another tribe or black person from the Caribbean or black expat who lives in England or France came into Wakanda. T'Challa and his sister went into Oakland, but they weren't inviting anybody back. So Hollywood knows if, if they give us a little bit, a, a, you know, a few crumbs, and, and you put the right characters around it, we'll support it, we'll promote it, even though the messaging in the actual movie is the type of messaging that we say that we don't stand for.
1: I I think one of the, in talking to you this morning, one of the great things you pointed out to me that I missed, and it's because literally when I saw the movie coming to a conclusion, I (laughs) first scooted up to the edge of my seat, and I was like, okay, this is almost over. My pain is almost done. And then as I was like, okay, it's clear, there's maybe another 50 seconds, 60 seconds left. I stood up, walked down the steps, started exiting the theater, and then I turned around just so I could see the full thing. And so the last thing I see are uh, General N- Naniska, uh Nawi, the young girl, mm-hmm. and then I think it's the tall warrior, Amenza, I think it's her name, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I see those three standing and looking over all that they've conquered, and then the next thing you know, the woman king pops up, and I'm like, it's over, I can leave. I can And so I I left immediately, didn't look back, didn't want to see the credits, I didn't want to know who was fully responsible for this mess. But I think I left too soon because you pointed out to me, and please, because I I can only take your word for it, or I didn't see it for myself, but there's a scene where basically, they, after the, some of the credits roll, they shout out Brianna Taylor.
2: Yeah, that's right, Jason. I, I stayed because I'm a glutton for punishment, and I was already there, so I said, <laughs> you know, let me let me stay through the credits. And uh, I, because I know the credits are oftentimes, you, you may tease, you know, a sequel or, or some part of the plot may be revealed. And as you said, the, the, the tallest of the warriors, she was there. You know, there was a bunch of swords menza. on the ground. Amenza, excuse me. She, she was there. There were swords on the ground. Um, she was calling out some of the names of her fallen uh, compatriots, right? So it was, it was a scene similar to some of the ones that were earlier in the movie because they were clearly praying to their ancestors. And she called out the, the one lady. I can't remember. I'm not good with names, but she was like the drill sergeant um, warrior who got killed in battle. And there was another name and another name. And then at the end, there was a dramatic pause. And then she said, Brianna. and then And then it cut. And I said, yup, I, I was right. This is, this is all propaganda. I mean, this, this is meant to demoralize, intimidate, um, and emasculate. This is peak DEI movie making from Hollywood. Um, and, and it just goes to show that f- for these people, it's not about really the story or be having any fidelity to the story. It's always about the underlying message that they want to push. And that's why I said, this movie was BLM's dream right those three those three characters you talked about that were on the cliff watching that that's Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza and Opal Tometi. the only difference is they would have been on the boats with the white people leaving because they prefer to live around white people than they do with black folk right but but that's what this is Jason this is this is the BLM of of the Dahomey story and and the people who will cheer the loudest are the ones who are on Twitter all the time saying we need we need to teach real authentic history, but they don't mind you know propaganda when it when it suits them and it makes them feel you know like like they have some sort of accomplishment because they can link it back to their history. So th- this was all propaganda from from the word go. All right,
1: so I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on and sound like a conspiracy (laughs) theorist, but this is what I honestly believe. None of this stuff is an accident, Delano. And I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, starting in 2014 or whatever year it started. This isn't an accident. This isn't three women that just came up with a hashtag and it just took off organically. Someone decided, and that's why this stuff is all connected, and that's why there's shout outs and references in movies and just like, again, I didn't even go there, but yes, the three black BLM leaders or whatever, that, that's what's being depicted. And that's why they do the shout out to Breonna Taylor, the, the woman killed in, in Louisville. And, and it just, this morning when we talked, the first thing you said was like, oh my God, this, this was a PSYOP. And, mm. and, and I'm arguing all of this stuff we're seeing is a sign up that there's an organized agenda being executed to emasculate men mm-hmm. American men and we're just happen to be first up in the emasculation yeah. and that's why it's so in our face and I mean from the moment and I don't I can't remember how early it was but when they had the black transgender servant to the yeah. king on camera that's when I was just like oh here we go I mean, yeah, this is yeah. 1823, and they already got transgenders in the movie. Right. In Africa, and I'm just like, oh, it was. Just, so, I none of this stuff is an accident. There is a. And and how do we wake people up to the fact that like, the stuff that's being done and being because and, there are a lot of black men that will be celebrating this movie. Uh, and think that somehow this is a pro-black movie, the only solution, the only argument I can try to make back to them is like, hey, this movie is out of line with a biblical worldview. This is not Mm. the natural order. And Mm. yeah, it's a great little story that over in Dahomey, Africa, for a brief moment, they had these women that were warriors, but they got their butts kicked and that's the reality. And so anybody sitting around waiting on the black woman to save us has a very long wait, an eternal wait. If men, if we don't rise up and take our leadership responsibilities seriously, we're going to get slaughtered.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. As I said before, this is one of the reasons I, di- I didn't, this is one of the things I didn't like about the Black Panther movie is that you you finally get, have you know a, a black king who's ruling over a very prosperous kingdom, and he's being defended by women. And, and just that picture of black women always being on the front lines defending black men, either with their bodies or, or with their ideas. Um, in, in ways that are, to me, like that's that's unhealthy, it's unproductive. To your point, it goes against the creation order, um, and 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 the natural order. And really, what you see here, and I, I made reference to, to the Democratic Party, and I said it sort of tongue in cheek, but I'm, I'm actually being serious now. Jason, we we are we are about close to 60 years removed, almost 60 years removed from the Moynihan Report. That report talked about the coming storm in Black America, if if some of the dynamics within the black family are not addressed, uh, Moynihan was talking on, on a policy level, also on a cultural level, and he pointed out that in a society, any society in which um, the norm is, is f- uh, male leadership, right, patriarchy, that when you have matriarchy, things are not going to work as well. And we spent a generation looking at the results of that. We saw the rates of out of wedlock birth. Um, s- skyrocket in the black community, it was about 25 percent in the 1960s. By the 80's, it had crossed over 50%. It's been holding steady at 70 plus percent um, f- for black Americans in general uh, f- for well over you know a decade. And in some communities, particularly um, among women who have less than a college degree, it's closer to 90% percent um, of, of children are born out of wedlock. And what the Democratic Party has chosen to do is double down on the very things that Moynihan said are going to cause problems. They have pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table, and they are betting on black women as leaders and saviors. And that's why every time that they have a microphone, they uh, uh, believe black women, let black women lead, black women save democracy. And and it's it's not, again, it's it's not that I have anything, you know, any antagonism or anything towards black women. It's just when things are out of order, you get dysfunction. That's the way it always works. It doesn't matter skin color, ethnicity, religion. And what we have is a, is a large degree of dysfunction culturally. Um, and so when Hollywood comes along and they make these types of movies, like to, it, it, as someone who is not even, I, I'm not a particularly abstract thinker. I like people to say things and not use pregnant pauses for me to infer things. But to your point, when when I saw that character, the, the, the eunuch, I, I channeled my southern wife. I said, oh, this is finna be some mess, man, because I, cause I know where this is going, right? When you put it in that early, Jason, outside of that initial fight scene, the next three guys you meet are um, a dad who won't protect his daughter, an abusive potential husband, and, an, and a eunuch, an emasculated, a castrated eunuch. Those are the next three guys up in line in that movie. And, and there's no way that you can tell me that this is this is by accident. Now, if if this was written by by a West African writer and they were true to the script and true to the storyline, taking some dramatic license, that would be completely different. But I think the people who are behind this project have no interest in historical fidelity. It's all message all the time.
1: I want to take you to a conversation I, I had with Shamika and just kind of get your thoughts on Mm-hmm. What should, because I think some people will listen to our conversation and, and be like, well man, the, they're anti-black woman. And and obviously, that's not the case. Uh, obviously, your wife uh, would <laughs> contradict that message. But mm-hmm. what what should the relationship between an adult black man and mm-hmm. his mother, what should it look like, what should it be? Because right now, our culture is so matriarchal that in general, the black woman is the leader. She's seen as the backbone, she's the leader. We worship her, we venerate her. Uh, we're reluctant to challenge her. Any challenge is seen as disrespect. And and I, I just, I've said this for years, and I said this even as a child. I don't know if you've ever seen Roots, uh, but even as a child, when I watched Mm -hmm. that in real time in the 70s, one of the top scenes is in episode one of Roots. Uh, Kunta Kinte goes off to manhood training in Africa, Mm. and when he comes back at 16 after going through manhood training, his mother has to treat him differently. Uh-huh. and has to treat him with a, spe- a respect and reverence almost the same as as his father. And and I as a kid, I started saying, man, that's the way things are supposed to be. I been saying this in the 70s and I say it even more now that the relationship between the black man and his mother is completely inappropriate. The roles are completely reversed. Uh, She is always the leader until the tomb, and I just don't believe in that.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's some complicated family dynamics, and again, the, the necessary caveat, we're not talking about all black men and all black mothers, right? But when you have a community in which the vast majority of children are born to women who have no husband, then you're starting off on, on, a, on a particular type of playing field, right? You got a particular type of soil with a certain seed and all the things that sort of go into to nurturing that. So oftentimes, you know, you'll know, you hear people talk to like a little boy and say, oh, you're the man of the house. Kid is 10 years old, he's the man in the house because he doesn't have a father in his house. And, and what that does is that offsets the dynamic between uh, a boy and his mother. And on one spectrum of that is the, the sort of overbearing mother who pours into the son, has a hard time letting him go as he as he grows older. She she loves him genuinely, she cares for him. But for instance, let's say he meets a woman and wants to marry her, she has a hard time letting go because he's been playing the role of her companion, not just her son, for the better part of his life. That's your best case scenario. Your worst case scenario in these type of contexts is the mother whose overbearingness. And as sometimes conscious decision to say, well, he doesn't have a dad, I'm going to be his dad, um, because becomes, takes on certain masculine characteristics and, and a certain aggressiveness in, th- in the way that she talks to and disciplines her son, that as he gets older, um, almost feels like a stone grinding him down, right? He becomes smaller and smaller. Even though he's growing in stature, he's getting smaller in terms of his spirit and his strength. Um, and these, these are the types of, and again, this is a more extreme case, the types of mothers who call their sons bees and say, yells at them and curse at them and say, you're not going to be anything, you'd be just like your dad. And a boy who looks to his mother for comfort and nurturing, but in, in, instead gets um, antagonism and aggressiveness, can develop a certain dynamic with women in which he's attra- sexually attracted to women, right, as he goes out and he gets older, but he hates them because he has unresolved issues with his mother. And in the same way we recognize women who have daddy issues, there's a lot of guys, not just in the black community, but we're talking about black folk right now, a lot of guys have mommy issues. And you can see it by the way that they interact with women because what will happen, all that time he spent as a teenager not being able to 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 grow into his manhood, he looks to assert that more aggressively with m- new women. So he he is insistent that they, um, uh, submit to him because he he couldn't get his mom to stop treating him like a little boy, right? So to me, the the proper role is that as a, as a boy ages, right? And and this is best case scenario if his, if his dad is in his life, as a boy ages, his mom starts to see him increasingly as a man as a as a, he's a boy he's a, he's a young man he's growing into manhood, she respects him as such. When he gets uh, his his own wife and his own family, she respects that his wife is now the number one woman in his life because he, he made a vow to her. It's the only type of relationship between two human beings in which one makes a vow to the other, right, before, before God and family. And she says, this is my son's wife, this is my daughter-in-law, this is my daughter, and I will respect him and and his family, and and I will play the role that, that I am set to play, which is as an elder statesman, as a, as a mother who can impart wisdom because the Bible says that a, a child should honor his mother and his father and his, le- his days will be long in the land. And I believe in that. But honoring is not overbearingness. Honoring, you, you're, we are not, I am not to honor my mother by by disrespecting my wife and making my wife feel as if my mom is really my number one girlfriend. That's not honor. So so it's, it's about getting the order right, the ordered affections correct, and pointing in the right direction and then trying to ensure that that, that that balance stays where it's supposed to be. I,
1: I, and I'm, I'm not so much speaking to you, Delano, as I am speaking to the audience here or the statements I'm about to make, it's just because I'm t- I, I think this conversation can be uncomfortable for a lot of men and women, because take my mother. I really believe walks on water, closest thing to Mary, uh, that we've seen <laughs> since, uh, the old times but and and, and my, my mother watches the show and so I, I wanna say this with affection and with re- proper respect but me and my mother struggled for a number of years uh, because of my outlook and approach to life and and she mm. lives in the world that we live in right now which is very matriarchal and mm. many of her friends and sisters and whatever they get to be bosses and Mm. their kids, grown kids and I've just never allowed that and tolerated that. The mistake that I was making and this is why it's important I'm trying to share this with young people one of the mistakes I was making is that uh, my mother could not see that my worldview was rooted in a biblical worldview because I, Mm. I unintentionally hid that And so she's looking at a son who's doing right by her and taking care of her, taking care of my grandmother and all of that, but I'm hiding the fact, because, and it's not an intentional, but it's just, I was lost in the world. I I was hiding the fact that my my approach is really rooted in my biblical worldview. Couldn't see it, so she couldn't respect it. Now, as she's seen me over the, past five, six, seven years, like say, this is all biblical and what what I'm, the life I'm trying to lead lead is biblical. Now it's easier for her to respect what I'm doing and get Mm. on board with what I'm doing because she can see what it's rooted in. And so I say that to say to young men, you know, I'm just not calling you to just be tyrannical leaders and, you know, If you don't properly project your leadership model and let people know that it's rooted, this is what God wants me to do, that'll get your mother on board because most of your mothers are spiritual, come from a Christian background. It's, it's, again, I say this, and again, I'm not as much talking to you as I am just the audience and even talking to myself, but I look at the mistakes I made in my personal life with with women that were worthy mm. of marriage and why I wasn't able to pull it off and it's, and, and it's, it's because they couldn't see or because I mm. wasn't highlighting and leaning into my biblical worldview and Christian beliefs and things like that and so I, I made a lot of mistakes in my personal life and I ended up had to get real old to figure out like the, the, the kind of leadership that I wanted to execute over a woman, over my mother, over my sister, over any woman that I love. It can't be done without God. It just mm. cannot be done. It will fail without God. And so I don't want to put it in secular terms, but to some degree I do. It, 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 it's, it's like, men, if you really want to control and that's a negative word. I don't mean it negatively, but if you want a woman to submit to your leadership, you better make sure she understands you're following God. That's the only chance she'll hop on board. Uh, And so I, I said, mama, I know you're watching and uh, your friends are probably watching, and i have tried to handle that as delicately because now I'm gonna be less delicate and just you know <laughs> just keep it real but i i something I've had to tell my mother I was like, hey look, you can run things the way that some of your friends run things, uh, and you're gonna get the exact <laughs> treatment and results and level of support they get from their kids, mm. or you can let me run things, and you can sit up in this house." Drive this car, sit on, you know, go on these vacations, and do everything you want to do, my way or your way. Right. (laughs) But that explanation, although factual, isn't as effective as saying, "Look here, here's what Scripture says. This is what I'm trying to do." Blah blah blah. Yeah. That's a much more effective message. Uh, Anyway, any reaction to any of that, and and uh, I I just I just want to put that up because. Obviously, I platform you and Dave Shannon and Virta and TJ Mo, You guys are, you know, following. You got family. And I just want to give people the opportunity to hear from men that are living biblical lives or trying to, uh, their approach to all of these issues so that yeah. we can, you know, perhaps edify and help other people.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, my... My final thoughts are fairly straightforward. It's like it, it's the same message we have generally speaking, you know to the nation, to anyone we listen to, right or, or that we're talking to, which is a, a message of repentance. We need to turn from the things that we have been doing and turn to God because it, it really is going to take divine intervention to to get the, the relationship, um, generally speaking, between black men and black women back on track because it has been derailed for so long and is, have gone s- so far left um, that it won't be done by human hands, right? So it's going to be a lot of praying. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of trying to reason with people and, and get them to see what's going on, because right now we, in, in some respects, are killing ourselves, right? I, I mean, when, when I think of some of the, the civil rights organizations, Jason, you know, the NAACP should rename themselves the National Association for the Abortion of Colored People, because that 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 is that is where the civil rights establishment and, and I got that from a gentleman I think his name is Ryan Baumgarner or something like that. So Ryan, that's that's your attribution. After this is mine, but um, but but really, this is where we are going as a people. Everything that brings death and destruction, gen- Genesis issues about uh, humanity about sex and sexuality, about life, about marriage. All the creation issues have been weaponized on the left and have been inverted and then packaged back to us. So aborting your children is liberation. Cross-sex hormones and castration is liberation. Uh, um, Same-sex marriage is liberation. And any black person that stands for um, the the natural and, and moral and and creation order as seen as a as a bigot and a hater. And at a certain point, we're just gonna have to deal with it because there's no other way. As I said, we're literally killing ourselves. Um, and even though the woman king, and I, and I did think that the, one of those scenes I thought was about to be an abortion scene, but it wasn't. So I'm glad that they didn't go that far. but um, but in in many ways, not just rhetorically, but literally. This is what we're doing to ourselves. So yeah, I, I believe we need to pray, turn back to God, and realize that the designer is the definer, and and if and if God says that we should order our our lives in a particular way, we should trust that 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 is the best way to do it because going against that is o- only going to bring us more heartache and pain.
1: Delano, have a great weekend. I'm sorry that you, Jason. Uh, I forced you to go see the, <laughs> the Grandma King, uh, but I appreciate you doing that. Uh, have a great – I think you're speaking for uh, Virgil uh, tonight. Do a great job. All right, uh, that's it, and that's all for us. I think I hear tomorrow. That means we'll see you next week.
0: for the right sign, looking like it's my time, feeling all kinds of freedom. These words are our religion, our regrets, and our decisions. We all want to go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. Raise up your hands for freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be, I just want